I'm Tisha Bader, and in the news, the resignation of Harvard President Claudine Gay, who stepped down on Tuesday, January the 2nd. This after deep criticism over her testimony, together with two other Ivy League presidents, at a congressional hearing last month, where she was unable to say unequivocally that calls on campus for the genocide of Jews would violate the school's conduct policy as well as over her response to allegations of anti-Semitism at Harvard and plagiarism allegations. Well, to discuss the resignation and what it means as far as the spike in anti-Semitism that we're seeing at college campuses across the country is Chief of Staff of the Combat Anti-Semitism Movement, Arthur Misargin, who joins us now. Arthur, thank you so very much. Thank you for having me, Tisha. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. So let's go back before the congressional hearings. Can you just give us a sense of what the situation was on college campuses, specifically, if possible, at Harvard following the, the brutal Hamas massacre of October the 7th and the subsequent war uh, between Israel and Hamas in Gaza? Yeah, absolutely. So anti-Semitism on college campuses is, is nothing new. It's something that uh, CAM as an organization and the Jewish community as a whole has been raising the alarm about for, for quite some time. But after October 7th, there's really just been this unprecedented explosion in anti-Semitism on campuses around the country. And for the first time in a really long time, mainstream media attention focused on this. Um, and, and some of the worst incidents of anti-Semitism have taken place at some of our most elite institutions, such as Harvard, uh, Cornell University, University of Pennsylvania, etc. And at Harvard, the issues really began just after October 7th, before the timeline of Israel's response uh, to the attacks in Gaza even began, when dozens of student groups co-signed a letter putting the blame for the attacks um, on Israel. And that really was the beginning of this cycle of, of incidents that began on, on campus and created this hostile learning environment uh, for, for Jewish students and Jewish organizations on campus. So I'm glad you brought that up, Arthur. It's, it's important to distinguish that that began even before um, Israel started to respond to what happened on October the 7th. Um, we heard from pro-Palestinian student groups from Harvard um, making a really uh, horrific statement um, about the massacre, and as you said, pointing the blame completely at Israel. So Harvard did respond um, to the massacre. Claudine Gay did condemn very clearly um, the Hamas attack, but not so much directing that statement toward those student groups. I think they said something like, students should be allowed to express themselves and we support freedom of speech. So there was condemnation, but was the feeling that there was a, a real lack of response to the student group statement? Is that what the issue kind of was? Yeah, and I, I think that's, that's uh, where the issue began, uh, not responding immediately, effectively, uh, to this problematic statement and, and showing um, from, from the start that anti-Semitism will not be tolerated on campus. And there, there really needs to be a no tolerance approach towards hatred against the Jewish community on campus, the way that uh, universities like Harvard and others have shown towards other groups. I want to ask you also, why do you think we're seeing in the headlines from a lot of um, papers and websites that the plagiarism thing seems to be taking... Um, seems to be what is being stressed by the media as opposed to the issues about the congressional hearing and the anti-Semitism. Why do you think that is, or what, what is your take on that? 
Well, I, I think it really comes back to the issue of anti-Semitism on campus. That's where the attention um, on Harvard and, and on some of these other institutions began. And it was really uh, the beginning of the, the microscope coming down on the institution. So I think that this issue is a, a separate, unrelated issue. It's tangential um, to the administrative issues going on at Harvard University. But this uh, anti-Semitic uh, campus environment really is, is uh you know, I, I think what we need to focus on and, and focus on addressing and uh, making sure that that going forward, the university uh, takes proactive measure, measures for combating anti-Semitism on campus and educating the campus community about contemporary forms of anti-Semitism. And just um, on that topic, I want to just read um, the statement made by your organization. CEO Sasha Reutemann Dratwa said, called the, the resignation of uh, Claudine Gay, he wrote, this is the first good decision Mrs. Gay and the Harvard Corporation have made in connection with the unprecedented outbreak of on-campus anti-Semitism. Now is the time for Harvard to apply its own code of conduct to protect its Jewish and pro-Israel students, faculty, employees, and alumni from those who spread Jew hatred. Harvard must deal with its anti-Semitism problem now, not only to protect its community, but also to set the tone for its next president, also calling on Harvard to officially adopt the IHRA, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance's working definition of anti-Semitism and to use it as a guidepost um, as so many um, schools and, and other bodies and, and countries and, and cities around the world um, have done. So there's a lot, there's a lot obviously that, that Harvard and that other schools um, can do. And if you can just talk about some of those steps and, of course, also about the IHRA definition and why why it's critical and it's it's sort of a, a good foundational place to start. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think applying the codes, codes of conduct at universities um, is, is a really important first step. Um, Throughout history, anti-Semitism has often manifested uh, through a double standard. Um, Israel-related anti-Semitism is also is often discussed through a double standard, um, and oftentimes it's a double standard in which the codes of conduct are not applied um, in in uh, situations on campus or attacks or incidents on campus that target Jewish students. So, making sure that that double standard uh, doesn't continue is is really important. Um, Changing leadership at the university, um, we need to make sure that it's not just window dressing, that the university community and the administration comes together with a proactive approach uh, to really deal with the issue of anti-Semitism on campus. And uh, a few other institutions have done this by suspending chapters of the Students for Justice in Palestine for violating those very codes of conduct. I, I believe uh, George Washington University, Brandeis University, um, the Florida State uh, System and, and some others. The IRA working definition is a really crucial uh, next step for combating this form of hate in its contemporary forms. A lot of people that are not steeped in the issue today, like you and me, uh, only recognize anti-Semitism when it's dressed up in the language of neo-Nazism or in the type of anti-Semitism that we saw during the Holocaust. But anti-Semitism didn't begin or end there. And that's why the IRA working definition is so important uh, for, for municipalities, for governments, for educational institutions to use today to not only educate about anti-Semitism, but to craft effective policies to make sure um, that it's being combated uh, everywhere it takes place. 
Uh, so we call on the university and universities across the country to adopt the IRA working definition of anti-Semitism as, as a next step, but not just adopt it, to implement it, to use it, to use it as a tool of education for the campus community and to incorporate it into their codes of conduct. And why do you think it's it's been so hard for schools to take actions like Brandeis did in suspending students for justice in Palestine? I think that I, th I think that oftentimes uh, students um, st students are, are are there to be educated, and activism is a part of that education. Oftentimes, especially at uh, liberal arts campuses and large research uh, institutions, so universities. Uh, attempt to to balance uh, student activism and and free speech, um, but I think where where this has gotten really murky is that when this activism specifically targets the Jewish community or endangers the Jewish community, uh, they need to be clear and they need to recognize um, the threat that it poses to a hostile learning environment for Jewish students. And things like the IRA definition will help administrators, students, groups, faculty alumni, et cetera, begin to recognize when these issues are starting to cross the line and when universities need to address them uh, forcefully. Right. Um, let's go back to the congressional hearings for a moment. Um, the um, presidents of Harvard, of course, Claudine Gay was there together with the presidents of MIT, um, Sally Kornbluth, and the president of University of Pennsylvania, Elizabeth McGill, who actually resigned about four days after um, those hearings. And McGill um, offered an apologetic statement afterwards saying that she should have responded differently. Uh, Claudine Gay also um, did so a little bit later, saying she lost sight of, uh, I do have the quote here. She said, what I should have had the presence of mind to do in that moment was return to my guiding truth, which is that calls for violence against our Jewish community, threats to our Jewish students have no place at Harvard and will never go unchallenged. So what was so difficult in the moment during those congressional hearings to to answer in that way, as opposed to saying that, well, it depends on context, well, it depends on if if words turn into action. Yeah, I, I, I think the congressional testimony was shocking. It was shocking for the world. Uh, I, I believe it was the most viewed congressional testimony in history. And people around the world, Jewish and non-Jewish alike, were really shocked to see the leaders of, of America's most elite universities equivocate on this issue in terms of uh, uh, ge uh, genocide against uh, Jewish people on campus. And I think, I think that... Uh, the reply was telling, it depends on the context. Well, we have to look at the context here. And the context is that uh, calls for globalizing the Intifada on campus is, is calls for violence against the Jewish community or against Israelis or, or Zionists or pro-Israel members of the community. And that context is really important. And I think they really missed an opportunity in the congressional testimony to just speak in plain and simple terms uh, that anti-Semitism on campus and threats for calls of violence against the Jewish community will just not be tolerated. Now, within those codes of conduct, there are codes of bullying and harassment, I believe, for the universities. Um, is, it, is there specific language right now that specifically mentions anti-Semitism? Um, I know that Elizabeth McGill said something in her resignation statement that those policies have to be reviewed because there was something lacking in the policies of those codes of conduct as they are written right now? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I, I think that some universities do incorporate anti-Semitism into their codes of conduct. Others use more general language. And I think that um, given the moment we're at, all universities should look and revisit their codes of conduct and make sure that anti-Semitism is included and that the IRA working definition is included. At my alma mater, for example, the university has been proactive and has taken faculty uh, to anti-Semitism training and has reached out to the Jewish community through Hillel and Chabad and others uh, to help develop an anti-Semitism curriculum. Uh, for their campuses, for their first year students and, and for their faculty. You know, we're working, CAM is working on its annual uh, IRA working definition of anti-Semitism adoption report right now, which will be uh, released later this month. And it's, it's really encouraging. It shows uh, the diversity of acceptance of this definition worldwide across faiths, across political parties, um, across different layers of government. But given what's happening on campus now, one of the most shocking findings is that only one Institute, institution of higher education in the United States this year adopted the IRA working definition of anti-Semitism, or I'm sorry, in, in 2023. And it was through the student government of Boston University. So it doesn't actually um, have the effect of enforcement. And I think in the year ahead, it's really important for universities to, to look to the definition um, for guidance in, in crafting these policies. In the United Kingdom, for example, nearly every single institution of higher education in the country has adopted the IRA working definition at the administrative level and incorporated it into their codes of conduct. Wow, that's really, that's an amazing um, example to be, uh, amazing precedent. Um, how much interaction does your organization have with universities and colleges across the country? Um, how does that engagement work? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Well, CAM is a movement, the Combat Anti-Semitism Movement. So we're a coalition of more than 800 partner organizations around the world, including a number of the leading uh, campus-based partner organizations. So we work with our, our campus-based partners who are really experts in this field uh, to help respond to things that happen on the ground, to publicize incidents of anti-Semitism on campus and raise awareness um, when they take place, and also to help uh, organizations and, and Hillel's and others uh, think about these policies and ways to effectively engage their university administrations on these issues. I think it's really important for the administrators to speak with their Jewish communities on campus, with their Hillel's, with their Chabad's, and other student leaders um, in this moment to, to effectively uh, come up with policies that are representative of what the Jewish community is going through right now. I do want to just read um, Claudine Gay's part of her, her resignation letter. Um, she wrote, it was distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor. Confronting hate, obviously referring to the the anti-Semitism on Harvard's campus and not about the congressional hearings and about um, upholding scholarly, scholarly rigor, about reported inaccuracies um, in her dissertation, which I think was from 1997. Um, she said, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am and saying that it's in the best interest of Harvard for her to step down. Um, what did you make of her, of that statement? Do you think that was strong enough? Do you think it was acceptable? How do you think that reads? Well, I, I don't think many, and, and certainly not us, are accusing Claudine Gay herself of, of anti-Semitism or of being anti-Semitic or har harboring animus for Jewish people. But this moment requires leadership. And, and if you're the leader 
of the most elite university in the country, it's really incumbent upon you to, to proactively show that you're safeguarding the Jewish community on campus when this anti-Semitism is taking place. So I think, I think uh, Claudine Gay and future leadership of the university and leaders at other universities have a responsibility to um, both be accountable to the situations on their campus and to show that, that they're going to institute changes to, uh, to uh, make this environment safer for, for everyone on campus. Yeah, I think that's the main thing here. I mean, Elizabeth McGill, as I mentioned from Penn, also stepped down saying similar things. Um, and, and the fact that that resignation did happen does send a strong signal that these issues need to be addressed. So giving her, giving Claudine Gay credit for that, um, certainly as well. Um, Looking just at everything that has happened since October the 7th, I'm wondering how much you hear from Jewish students on campuses, what the, you know, what, what the feeling is like for them. Many of them, of course, as we've been reporting, have dealt with a lot of unprecedented situations where they feel threatened, um, whether it's by verbal attacks or comments or even physical um, threats sometimes. Are you hearing specifically from Jewish students about their experiences and what are those voices saying? Yeah, absolutely. We just brought a delegation of Jewish student leaders uh, to Israel last week uh, to meet with President Isaac Herzog to talk about these issues that they're experiencing on campus. And, and without minimizing the experience that Israelis are going through on the ground right now, this is really, I, I think our, our Jewish students on campus in the United States today are really... Um, facing a, a different front in this war against uh, Israel and the Jewish people that's taking place right now. And it's a scary time to be a Jewish student on campus. Uh, Anti-Israel issues have been going on on campus for, for more than 20 years now, but it's really escalated to a point where Jewish students are afraid to show their Jewish identity, who are, are being careful about uh, who they're revealing their identity to and, and are facing direct harassment, not, not just through these public events or marches that we see, but on social media. Um, and it's it's uh, it's really a scary time for many Jewish students on on uh, several campuses around the country. And it's so interesting because President Herzog weeks ago um, said something like, you know, we you have our back and we have your back, talking specifically about what Jewish students are facing on college campuses. Really, uh, just a an expression of of unity if there is it's hard to say there's any silver lining in the horrific atrocities that have happened and what is happening now um on the battlefields of gaza but herzog really expressed this sense of we are one jewish people right yeah this this moment demands unity and and the silver lining is that it has unified uh so many members of the community in, in standing together and and not being afraid to uh, stand up for for what the community believes in and and for our rights as individuals and and to organize on campus and I think that's really important I think I think as we deal with this issue going forward the language matters uh, a lot of times on campus we get bogged down in in these academic debates over uh, is anti-Zionism anti-Semitism and that was just anti-Israel not anti-Semitic but it's really important that we use precise language uh, in this conversation on on campus anti-Semitism. We're talking about Israel-related anti-Semitism and anti-Zionist forms of anti-Semitism. And when these anti-Israel um, actions on campus directly target Jewish students or Jewish uh, groups and organizations on campus, that's anti-Semitism. And we need to be able to speak openly about that.
Arthur Massargen is Chief of Staff at the Combat Anti-Semitism Movement. Arthur, thank you so much for taking the time to speak on this truly important issue, and we hope to stay in touch down the road. Thank you so much for having me, Keisha. Thank you.